Welcome to The Contemplative Life. Three pastors, friends, and spiritual companions help us explore spirituality through a contemplative lens. I'm Christina Roberts. I'm Chris Roberts. I'm Christina Kaiser. We're glad you joined us. Hello. It's great to be with you. Today, we want to talk about this idea of the laughter of God. And I bring this up because I was in a contemplative setting not too long ago, and there was a poem where we were seeing what shimmered from the poem. And the poem was by John O'Donohue, and the poem is called For Equilibrium. And I'll just read the first line of the poem and the last line. So the first point, the first line is, like the joy of the sea coming home to shore, may the relief of laughter rinse through your soul. And then the last line is, may your prayer of listening deepen enough to hear in the depths the laughter of God. And so something that came up from this setting was this idea of not really being able to tap into the laughter of God because of our experiences, our religious experiences, or our ideas that, I don't know, I've never really thought of God laughing, or that's just not something that I spend a lot of time thinking about. I bring it up, but I also think this idea of laughter and what it does for our soul and the contemplative experience of laughing is what I want to bring up with us today. So what are your thoughts on divine image, laughter of God, all that stuff? Let's shake it up. This is such a fabulous topic because I don't think I think that much about does God laugh or is the idea of God laughing somehow bringing God to some level that you're not supposed to. I wonder if all the, it makes me curious about how we view God and how I view God, because maybe I'm not thinking about that very much, but It does also remind me that I've read, particularly I'm remembering the Book of Joy with Desmond Tutu and the Dalai Lama. They love talking about laughter as this great gift for difficult situations, which again, that brings up that whole question, is laughter appropriate? This is a difficult situation or a sad situation. So where do we have permission to laugh or not laugh? And I think it's the Dalai Lama in that book who says, I really like it when there's proper people and something unexpected happens, like something falls and you have to pick it up because he says it makes us human. And so I wonder if that's the struggle of, oh, can we think of God in these human ways? Is laughter so human that we've put God above it? Um, But do we put ourselves above it too, right? There's all these things. So there's lots of wondering there. It's a fun topic. I really appreciate the line, may the relief of laughter rinse through your soul. And I I do think that there is this relief that comes. And sometimes we can have these stressful situations and literally just to break the tension, it's just, you just have to laugh about it because it's just crazy or outlandish or things like that. Or times where I was, I remember when Jimmy Fallon from the tonight show, he had a health issue that was going on and He was reading a book about the man's, the search for meaning. And it was from someone that had gone through the Holocaust. And I think Jimmy recognizing that his purpose in the world is to make people laugh, that he brings comedic relief to people. And that that's actually a good thing. It's not a lesser than, it's actually his calling to do that. And that's part of his fabric of society. And so I do think when we consider, again, we're image bearers of God, of the divine, and 
he created laughter. And there's this really interesting verse in Zephaniah in the Old Testament, Zephaniah 317, where it talks about God rejoicing over us with singing and joy and laughter. And it's just this like delight. And I remember as a young 20 something sitting in a teaching about that and being invited to picture this exuberant laughing kind of a God. And it was just a really interesting time for me because again, I don't think that I, it was more of like the reverence and the divinity of God, but it's like divine laughter. I love even this line of to hear in the depths, the laughter of God, and that there's this sort of like deepness of the joy and laughter of God. So again, I also agree with you, Christine. I think this is a fascinating conversation. I really appreciate what both of you have named. And you brought up a, a, a verse from scripture. And I think something that comes to my mind is another verse that I grew up on. And it's the verse, in, in a, it's a proverb, like laughter does good like a medicine. And there have been so many times in my life where maybe I've been depressed or sick of spirit, whatever you want to say. And this moment presented itself where I laughed my way out of the circumstance that I was feeling, the emotions, like the way I couldn't see a way out. But then this invitation to not take myself so seriously presented itself or the fact that I was taking myself so seriously and the humor in, in that. And I like this idea of laughter being a healing agent or a healing technique or a healing tool for us. And a, a lot of times after a stressful day, me and my wife, Christine Roberts have had many nights where it's just been super long days. And of course, the questions keep coming. They're like, what about this? What about that? And like life is happening and I'm just trying to go to sleep. I'm on my pillow trying to go to sleep and another question comes. And I will just say the most tired, sarcastic, quick fix answer. And my wife, Christina, will start belly laughing. And all that tension, all that stress, all that seriousness of life, it falls away. And I find myself waking up refreshed. Like all that stuff before, all the like to-dos just fell away. And what is important has presented itself to me. Like living life, enjoying the moment, living, laughing. And so I think in that sense, I've experienced laughter as a medicine. It helps me be contemplative to like, really focus on what's important in life. Something that comes to mind too, in this dialogue of it, it's not our natural go-to to think of the laughter of God reminds me of, and there's this sermon from the 1700s, 1741 by Jonathan Edwards called Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. And I'm pretty sure that even if you haven't heard this sermon, bits of this sermon and the influence of this sermon has seeped into so much of our modern day Christianity. And it was back through one of the great revivals in the United States. And this was a predominant preacher back then, Jonathan Edwards. And I remember again, years ago, a colleague of ours talking about this sermon and recognizing, oh, wow, I don't literally know this sermon. I didn't read it or ha had heard it, but the concepts and this idea of the anger of God and the repentance and how much that seeped into our modern view of who God is or the divine and really having to undo that. And so I think it's not surprising to me that this is fresh, interesting, curious conversation for us, because I do think just baked into the fabric is 
sort of anger or stern, or you make a mistake and God's going to whack you. I was listening to a podcast recently too. And this person grew up very devout Catholic, but just felt like if I miss mass, I was like, we're going to make God angry type of a thing. And in, in her latter years, recognizing, oh, like my view of God, like God hasn't changed, but my view and understanding of who God has changed because I don't feel that way anymore. There's this joy and freedom in going to mass, not this like punishment type thing. So I think it's worthy to just mention that as maybe a piece of this conversation. It's really fascinating. It reminds me, oh, what is this book that I was reading? It's Quotidian Mysteries by Kathleen Norris. So it's really the daily of life, Quotidian. And she talks about having been estranged from faith for a while and going to mass and seeing after communion that the priest cleans up the dishes. I think it's a wedding that they're at and she turns to, I think they're in college. So she turns to someone she's going to school with and says, look, he's cleaning up the dishes. And this kind of maybe unknowingly becomes the start of what is our day in and day out experience of life and how does God fit into it? And laughter being one of those possibilities for our day in and day out experience if only we are able to access it. And that's its own question. As we're talking, I do realize I am somewhat intentional about that. Maybe similar to your, I'm in bed at night and I offer the most ridiculous option and we laugh and we go to sleep and things are lighter. That's a spiritual practice. Did we know it at the time is the question. And I have often, when Dominic and I sit down for free time, I often want something light. I'm choosing it on purpose because the rest of life has enough for me to deal with. But then there's also things like haho yoga or something like this. So people that actually come together and laugh. And sometimes in spiritual practices, there's recordings of people laughing for 30 seconds. So there are ways in which people are intentionally recognizing that laughter has this release that we're talking about. And there are many ways to release and let go. We talk about letting go as a spiritual practice, but laughter does have this aiding ability and it is possible for it to be an everyday experience. Yeah, I I really like us touching on the, the daily laughter being a spiritual practice of the daily. And I think going back to maybe some of our discussions about this idea of God being angry with us, I think... That's such a prevalent view in our culture. I'm remembering whenever I was a younger minister and we would get people that would come to our church and asking for donations. And I remember having this one experience with this lady and she had taken a vow of poverty and she was asking for a place to stay. She needed a new pair of boots. And so I was just talking to her about this vow of poverty and she, she just traveled around the country. I think she was originally from Massachusetts. And so she's traveling around the country and she's going from church to ch- church, but she had such a sense of guilt and like God was angry with her. And so that that's why she had to have this, she had to pay penance. So she couldn't have, I think she was a surgeon. So she left like a prominent career and she's paying penance and she's talking to me about her. She's talking to me about her view of God. And she's asked me, what was my view of God? And I, 27 year old kid saying, I see the laughter of God. And there was such dissonance. I, I don't see that at all. And you know, you're a young kid. You don't know what you're talking about. You don't understand the gravity of life. And 
it was so disheartening to me that like someone would live that way uh, under all that guilt and pressure and water, water ways that the contemplative and water ways that laughing can really help people to imagine a different image of divinity. I appreciate that story. And it reminds me of in some retreat settings, doing a Visio Divina, which is essentially where you have pictures and you're inviting people to look at the pictures and to see what's shimmering similar to Lexio Divina is with words. And so I remember like printing a bunch of like different images from the internet of Jesus, like giving a kid a piggyback ride or kind of tickling and laugh, like just so these really joyful pictures of Jesus was part of this retreat experience. And it was just really like eye-opening and mind-boggling for people to experience that, but it was very freeing. And there was this immediate, yes, like deep within me, I know that that's, that's how he is. And he would have been this way had I had the opportunity on earth to, to see and to interact with him because we think of all the charismatic people in our lives and people that we just feel love from. And so, yeah, I do think that contrast that to when I was young too. And I, I remember going on a trip to another country and there was this predominant kind of church place where people would do penance. And I remember like, literally like people were like on their knees, crawling up their knees to this altar thing. And one person had like glass and they were like, purposely making themselves suffer because they felt those penance and guilt. And it's like, my goodness, like these images of God that we have compared to just the lightness and freedom and joy and openness that God has. And so, yeah, I think this is just really interesting, our different views of God and how that matters. Yeah. And even as I'm thinking about that, I think about what our environment looks like really changes how we interact. And so really it, I talk about this in other contexts when it comes to joy, but creating spaces that have that opportunity that open that door. So if you're in something that feels, well, like glass, walking on glass would be a great example of not contributing (laughs) to that feeling, but even really, how does one even say it? Strict areas, things that feel stuffy. You don't move here. You just sit quietly. (laughs) This does not lend itself easily. We need space, energy, light, time, fluffiness, something that gives us that permission a little bit. Otherwise, it has to basically hit us over the head. Something crazy would have to happen that we would feel permission to laugh. Can we organize our spaces and our time to offer that? Yes. I'm reminded of the song, Walking on Broken Glass. And the paradox, right? So, you know, it's a... Bum, 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 bum. It's a very joyful tune, but then the person is saying, I feel with this joyful music like I'm walking on broken glass. And I, I think there are times in our life where we can carry a paradox of sorrow with joy, or there are things that haven't turned out well in our life. And what would contemplation look like? How would that help us with our shame or our guilt? But I think on the other hand, laughter and joy might be the remedy that we need to overcome that state of being. What a fun and wonderful conversation. I really appreciate us delving into a topic like laughter. It's been amazing. Now is the part of the podcast where we talk about what we are into. What are we into? I am into the film series, The Chosen. And for those that aren't familiar, it's basically the Gospels of Jesus. And it's they're in season three right now. And we just started with season one recently. And oh my goodness, it's just 
made and I really appreciate how they really show the other characters and their stories and their backgrounds. And as far as like the human side of Jesus and the divinity, all of it, it's just been a wonderful, enriching experience. So I'm very much into The Chosen. We're just now starting season three together as a family. Yes, I've been meaning to check that out. So I'm glad that I keep hearing you talk about it in our various moments together. Uh, So I guess what I'm into recently, I was working with some kids. And so I brought up this, how do you experience God with your senses? So we brought it to our dinner table. And there was a lot of conversation about how you can taste God. And the difficulty of figuring out metaphor is very hard (laughs) at a young age. But it has been fun to talk with our kids about what it looks like to experience God through the senses and to then keep rolling that idea around for myself. That is my last couple of days. Very fun. I am into different music modes. And so I've been exploring first and fifths, and now I'm in a different modal pattern of first and sixth and putting them together. And there's a very famous song by the artist Sting, The Shape of My Heart, which is a very fun song that has sixth in it. And so I've just been listening to the song and figuring out the different modes to learn on the guitar. That's been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for joining us. It has been wonderful having you here on the podcast with us. Make it a great week. If you enjoy listening to the podcast, we invite you to stay connected by signing up for our Foundry Spiritual Center newsletter, where you can learn about even more programs and offerings. You'll find a link to subscribe in the show notes or visit us anytime at foundrysc.com. Thanks again for being with us. We hope you have a great week.